Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Michigan Cannabis Industry Association CannaCast. I am Ida Pearl-Lee, the Deputy Director. And my name is Jay Jones. I'm the Membership Director here at the MICA. We're coming live to Hyattop 101 South Washington Square. Sweet 820. It's a beautiful day. Um, we got a lot going on this week, Robin. A lot <laughs> happening in the news with some of our members and nationally with cannabis. And I don't know I'm Ida, by the way. What did I call you? Robin. Okay. We'll talk about Robin <laughs> later. She's our executive director. <laughs> Anyways, so I don't know if anyone listens to NPR, uh, reads NPR on, on Facebook. Uh, they published a story from Planet Money um, about um, legalized states and how cannabis has um, affected. You know, the, the stereotypical thing is that we get pushed back against. Yes. So it turns out there was zero effect on crime. It didn't go up or down on violent crime or any crime whatsoever. And it's mostly from Colorado, California, and some other states. Nice. They have Michigan on there. But um, legalization has had zero effect on traffic accidents and fatalities. We're not suggesting that you smoke a joint while you drive, but just be careful. The statistics are out there. Yes. <laughs> so legalization, this is surprising, barely affected the price of legal cannabis. So mm -hmm. in California, the prices leveled off. They went up a little bit. Then they leveled off at $260 um, um, ounce, and mm -hmm. now they're at $250. Um, one of the biggest things out of this story was cannabis legalization nationwide has created 321,000 jobs. 77,000 of those were created in 2020, a pandemic year alone. That's amazing to hear. So big shout Woo! out to MICA and Robin, our executive director, for, for declaring us essential services in the state of Michigan. Mm -hmm. That's the direct impact right there. Yes. Yeah. So true. Uh, a little bit more of a fun story. Um, one of our board members, Jerry Millen, who owns the Greenhouse in Walled Lake, mm -hmm. I don't know. This actually made international news. It was picked up uh, by the UK Telegraph and some 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 other um, organizations out there. So there was a little bit of kerfuffle back in, I believe it was late February, early March, where some Girl Scouts, being the entrepreneurs that they are, um, were selling cookies outside a greenhouse. Mm -hmm. Jerry was all for it. We're all for it in the industry. Turns out the Southeast Michigan Girl Scouts came in and said, wait a second, this is against our policy and cannot sell there. So you or the other groups, you're all gone. Right. So um, they since have reversed that decision. Nice. That's awesome to hear. Sherry ended up buying 300 boxes of Girl Scout uh, cookies from that group. They ended up selling 1,000 boxes in six hours outside wow. of the Greenhouse and Lake. So wow. way to go, Jerry. Awesome, Jerry. Congratulations. Little side note about the Girl Scouts. So I lived in Savannah, Georgia for years, and I would walk past their headquarters. That's where they were founded um, every day on the way to work. And... You know, we're the drug industry, but these little pushers are out there. Some hey, sugar. You want a box, <laughs> you know? And of course, I'm going to buy it. Who isn't? Who's going to turn that down? Exactly. Ended up gaining about 40 pounds that year. So that's what sugar will do. This is Ida, who makes me eat like wheatgrass every day at lunch. <laughs> so there you go. That's the news, guys. <laughs> yeah. So today, joining us, we have uh, a very special guest, Brant Johnson. Awesome. Brant, how are you doing today? Wonderful. Yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, Brent. So Thanks for inviting me. We're, we're so happy to hear you. Thanks for having you here. Thanks for being here. Uh, so, Brent, I apologize. I'm a little late to the game, uh, the Brent Johnson game. Um, 
Can you tell me a little bit about Grant, Grant Johnson Associates? I know every time I've talked to Robin over the past couple of years, whenever we talk about um, licensing, taxing, social equity, Robin always brings you up as the go-to person. So I know that's a lot in that question, but if you can just kind of expound on that a little bit about what you do. So Grant Johnson and Associates, um, we provide services, um, a wide variety of services, but in the um, cannabis industry, we provide um, licensing, uh, we write applications, we have been participated, uh, we have participated in lobbying municipalities to get uh, local ordinances that favor cannabis industry. We have contributed to writing ordinances to local municipalities. We consult uh, people who want to embark on the cannabis industry. We have assisted them on the locals end where they can uh, secure their certificate of occupancies or special land use permits. We assist them all in the state level so they, they can get pre-qualification and they can get uh, the actual license from the state of Michigan. We also help um, uh, people in disadvantaged communities uh, get involved with the um, social equity opportunities. Um, as you see in Detroit City, that's a big thing with sure. social equity and their Detroit Legacy Program. But that extends to Flint, that extends to Saginaw, that extends to, you know, other communities beyond Detroit. <clears throat> so we help people um, secure those benefits. Um, so um, I guess we're kind of a one-stop shop. Uh, <clears throat> in, in addition to that, Brent Johnson and Associates, we do tax taxes for tax preparation for individuals, small businesses. Uh, we've helped a lot of people in the cannabis space with their tax issues. Um, and we do uh, bookkeeping for, um, uh, it's been mainly restaurants, but we do monthly bookkeeping for restaurants and uh, financial services on that aspect too. So we're busy. Wow. Yeah, you are. <laughs> for sure. Can, it, can I just ask a little follow up on that? if you don't mind. Um, what do you see? So I live in a prohibited community. What do you see the biggest pushback from local Michigan communities against uh, allowing, like, you know, my community uh, voted 67% to approve cannabis yet declined to have any cannabis business. What do you see out there? Well, um, I get answered that in a number of ways, right? But I'll, I'll give you one example. Um, Eaton Rapids, which is very close to Lansing, mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a it's its own municipality. It's a city, um, and I had been uh, advocating for cannabis in Eaton Rapids, and the response that I got directly was, "If people want to get their cannabis." they can go down the street to Lansing and get, get it from there, right? Yeah. Um, because when the industry uh, started and their rules weren't set, there were a lot of dispensaries going up everywhere. Mm -hmm. And because of the prolifer 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 proliferation 
of, of dispensaries everywhere. Um, it kind of, and I hate to use this term, it kind of tainted the communities. Uh, it it kind of tainted the cannabis industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and other communities had the disposition of, well, I don't want my town to have a whole bunch of dispensaries, especially down on Main Street or especially down on Michigan Avenue. And so um, <clears throat> they saw what was happening in Lansing and they were afraid that the same things were going to occur in their town. Regardless of whether the cannabis stigma was there or not, mm-hmm. uh, which is a taboo still in some communities, um, they just were afraid that there will be a proliferation of dispensaries in their town. Not understanding, in my opinion, that they, at the time, could limit whatever they wanted. And a lot of them are growing to that understanding, but they still have not even understood the difference between medical and adult use. So um, I think it's the fear of all the dispensaries that went up initially that scared municipalities away, in addition to you know, just not a thorough understanding of the industry itself from the medical aspect to the, the uh, recreational aspect. It's a great answer. Thank you. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Brant, our executive director used to tune into 96.5 and listen to your political updates. And she said you always kept it really real. Um, you had a, a way of telling it exactly how it was. Um, did you receive any flack for your outspoken voice? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Especially from friends and family. <laughs> also, the worst critic. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, whenever you 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 know do your best to be honest and not necessarily trying to be provocative, mm-hmm. you know, people will agree or not agree with you, and and when they don't agree with you, you know, you know, you know, you hear it, and um, you know, I. Overall, I, I, I received good reception in my listening audiences, but there have been moments when, uh, you know, I couldn't leave the house for a couple of days. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's fun and um, it's entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's one part that people just don't understand. It's entertainment. I got to give you a reason to call me, right? Exactly. Um but I'm going to tell you what's on my mind, you know, and I think that's what made it so compelling was I wouldn't sugarcoat things. And um, there have been moments when, um, you know, I, I couldn't leave the house for a couple of days, um, but, um, you know, I, I thought the idea of an open forum radio show was at least for the, you know, the host to be honest. And, um, you know, that's the only way I could give it to them. And, you know, there it is. There it is. Nice. Um, how did you come to be a local radio celebrity? What does that dynamic look like? Well, that kind of just, that just kind of just happened. I did radio when I was in college, right? Hmm. I started at MSU, um, on WLFT. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it. 
I don't think anybody ever heard of it then when I was on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but it's AM station on a radio, uh, radio station that MSU owns, WLFT, which um, can only be heard on campus. And then I moved to WDBM, which is the AM signal on MSU, on MSU campus. So I did radio while in undergrad. So I had a hunger for that. And um, I just happened to uh, secure a job at WQHH, which is 96.5. I started off, you know, as a production assistant. And, you know, time flew by. I, you know, started to work on my craft. And um, I got a radio show. And um, at the time when I was a popular personality, uh, that time slot between 2 and 6 p.m. nationwide became like a talk of the town time slot for, all, for a lot of formats. And um, it just so happened it was the right timing for me. Sure. And um, it just it just happened. It just happened. That's really and, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so and I built relationships. I built political relationships. So I was able to get the mayor on and things of that nature. Oh, wow. Okay. So how long were you on the air for then in total? Um, 20 years. Wow. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's it awesome. was wonderful. It was wonderful. It was it was wonderful. A way so, to broadcast your voice and get it out there. That was my past life. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, Brent, you do your monthly Zoom meetings. You do licensing. You talk about social equity, uh, things like that, for your clients and friends. Um, why did you decide to start those? Well, um, in the minority community, uh, and I'll include not just African-Americans, um, oftentimes minority communities miss out on business opportunities because of lack of information. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I've spent the time and the effort in the industry to learn and to be a part of the beginning of it, I wasn't going to allow lack of information to keep my community from participating. Mm -hmm. So I um, thought it was incumbent upon me to have forums which to teach people about the opportunities in the cannabis industry. Mm -hmm. And um, it just, you know, it was predominantly attended, they are predominantly attended by African Americans, but women are on it too. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for an industry that is generating over $100 million a month, right, there's space for everybody. Sure. And I, and I tell them all, hey, you don't have to, you know, Jim, you don't have to get a $100 million. <clears throat> you know, an extra $100,000 a year will do fine, right? <laughs> An extra $20,000 a year would do yeah, fine, right? Exactly. <clears throat> but here is, the, here is the information on the industry and the opportunities for which you can participate. And um, if you want to know how to put it to paper, if you want to know how to execute it, you know, I'll teach you that too. But 
I do not want my community to miss on an opportunity for lack of information. Absolutely. That is so important. Thank you for the, for your work. That, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Really awesome. Yeah. So if someone were to get involved with that or were to, were to want to get involved with your monthly Zoom meetings, how would they go about doing that? Just um, email me. Uh, uh, they can email me at uh, J-O-N-B-E-R-I at AOL.com. So it's John Berry at AOL.com. Don't ask me why it's that. It's been that for 100 years. I know it's AOL. <laughs> no judgment. No <laughs> it's all good. See, when I was on the radio in on campus, my radio name was Barry B. Mm. Okay. So I tried to get Barry B AOL back then, but it was taken. So I, all I can get was John Barry. So it's been like that. Nice. I dig it. Can you tell us what some of the barriers are for the entry for uh, social equity applicants? Um, it seems like there's quite a few hoops that they need to jump through. Well, excuse me. First and foremost, it's hard to find old documents. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't care who you are, right? Um, and five, five consecutive years is difficult. You know, people don't usually keep documents no more than three years, right? I myself, as a hoarder, I got stuff for 20 years, right? But most of the time, people don't have those documents available, right? And then some banks will, you know, charge you an arm and a leg, you know, for documents. You know, some utility companies may not have those, and you may not have lived in the same place in that municipality for five years. And in the case of Detroit, right, they want either 10, 13, or 15 years, right, wow. of consecutive residency. So that's the toughest part is to find documents to fulfill the requirement of residency. Mm -hmm. The second part is, and I'm gonna be honest with you, right? To be completely honest with you, some people have difficulty reading, mm. so they need help, and they don't know where to go to to get help to understand what the rules are. And that's not making any judgments upon people. That's just a reality. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes just the ability to comprehend the instructions. And the ability to secure documents, you know, will will uh, turn a lot of people off. I can understand why. Goodness, <laughs> absolutely. That's that's yeah. That can be heartbreaking. I'm sure for for many people. Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about disadvantaged disadvantaged communities, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, we're not talking about alchemists, right? You know what I mean? You know, we're most of the people in Oklahoma have college education, right? We're talking about disadvantaged communities who can participate in social equity. Exactly. Wow, that's yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Um, so, kind of on that, Grant, you've been involved in a lot of different political issues and have been, you know, are, are obviously outspoken on so many different things. Kind of a two-part question. First, which ones are the most near and dear to your heart, and then secondly. 
with the current political climate, um, what motivates you to continue to stay in the political arena? Well, I mean, I've always been a believer that you can't make a change without voting, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so it's very important for people to be somewhat in tune with, you know, the political arena as to, you know, where your tax dollars are going, right? And um, whether, you know, if you don't vote, then, you know, you forfeit your opportunity to make a change. Um, So um, I try to stay in touch with the political aspect of society because, you know, one extra vote on an issue could change, you know, your taxes, could change your ability to participate in the cannabis industry, right? To, can change a lot. So, um, you know, I, I have found it important to uh, stay in tune, to stay in touch with the political climate because, um, you know, control is is could be dangerous right so you 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 want to be a part of you know what could control you exactly yeah that's great mm-hmm. brant we know that you're a real mover and shaker behind the scenes um you get a lot done and, and you're really humble about it why do you continue to do what you do um At least, you know, if there is a funeral for me, (laughs) um, at least someone could say, at least one person could say I helped. That's awesome. I mean, I I, I used to tell my employees at the radio station, and it's a very ambitious world, right? Where, you know, people, you know, egos are, are big, people want to become the next, you know, whomever. And I would tell them that your success is contingent upon someone else's success. So true. So um, if I haven't helped anyone, what have I done? When they say a man walking, uh, what do they say? Uh, uh, What is it? A, A king with no followers is just a man walking by himself? Yeah. Very true. Very true. Well, Brent, last question, but you know, first I just just what a pleasure we've had talking to you today and just what an inspiration mm-hmm. and I definitely you make me feel like a slacker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So given that you have a super diverse background of, of different inventors endeavors that you've succeeded at, um, what's next, man? Uh, home in Florida? No, I'm just kidding. Why not? <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> That's what they're there for. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's God's plans, right? And um, by His graces, that I'm here with the you know opportunity to talk with you all. So, um, you know, I, I am venturing off into ownership myself. Um, and, um, you know, I just, you know, I just hope that I can live long enough to enjoy the fruits. 
Um, I'd like to teach one day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's you know, it's just a blessing of God to give me this opportunity right now, and it's it's in His hands. You know, I just try to do my part. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, again, we appreciate you, all the hard work that you do and yeah. all the, the different lives that you, you're touching and helping. And um, that's really commendable. It really is. Uh, I, I, thank you all. You know, Robin, you know, I think the world of. She thinks the world of yeah, you, too. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know. and I thank you, too, for taking your time to speak to me. Absolutely. Bye. It was a pleasure having you on our show today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brent. Okay. Call me anytime. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I see you Monday, actually. (laughs) Yes. God bless y'all. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that's our show for today. We want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, But but before we go, we want to give a shout out to our uh, ancillary member, Phenologic. They make uh, fertigation, a seamless and automatic process. Phenologic Smart. Fertigation systems are designed and prepared to deliver a user-defined fertilizer uh, recipes across any number of feeding zones. Contact them for all of your gardening needs. And next week, we have Ryan Basor with us. That should be very awesome. Yes, that'll be a good interview. Um, You know what? Real quick, I want to say um, last night on Facebook, I saw Lighten Up uh, Provisionary Center is offering a uh, veterans discount, um, 25%, I believe, the third and the first and third Friday of the month. Um, we just want to give a shout out to them, um, helping our veterans with PTSD, and we really appreciate that, and it's a good move forward. Starts this Friday. Yes, this Friday. Yeah, starts this Friday. Yep, you need to bring in a photo ID with you and uh, prove that you're in the military, and you'll get a uh, 25% discount. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. So that's our show for today, and we will see you all next week. Thank you. Take care. Bye.